The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. On a happy note, we turn our attention now to the New York football Giants. And you know what they always tell you, family, when I need to know what's going on with the Giants, there's only one person I call. Yes, I listened to Breaking Big Blue on the app. Of course I did. ESPN New York app, of course I listened to that. Absolutely. That's how I keep knowing what's going on. And I must admit, I kind of monitor the press conferences because I want to see what Jordan Runlon's going to ask. And I love to see how the coach's reaction to it because he, he does a great job at, you know, asking the question the certain way that you, when they look, they say, he got me. I'm going to have to answer it this way. Am I right, Jordan? Isn't that what you do? Don't you, don't you sit at home practicing that? Just making sure you ask the question Definitely. the right way well, so you got them. I just practice with, like, my, yes, my wife, my daughter, and my family. You know, I just I poke them for answers, too, you know, <laughs> same thing, to get, to get that reaction out of them. So, yeah, practice it in my everyday life. I'm sure, I'm sure my wife loves it, you know, but, uh, oh. the, uh, you know, I just got to say, it's for work. I'm doing it for work. Absolutely. But, and I'm sure you've had to answer some tough questions, too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, always. <laughs> Jordan, thanks for a couple of minutes tonight, my be, friend. You have to be more than Brian Dable. Yeah, sure. Believe me, don't I know. <laughs> don't <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in the club with you, brother. I'm right there with you. I yeah, am right there are, with we you. Are, we are. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Jordan, out of let's start with the cut down. What were they? What was the the one that surprised you the most? Uh, Tyree, there's two actually. One on each side of the ball. Tyree Phillips was their swing tackle kind of right. He he actually was the guy who played in place of Evan Neal when he got injured last year. I thought he played pretty well, and it's a position the Giants aren't very good at, you know, tackle. First of all, Evan Neal comes with questions. We still need to see him play at a high level, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's their starter, but, you know, he didn't play very well last year, and we're, they're hoping he makes a big jump, but that's still TBD. And then behind him is a big question mark, and you thought Tyree Phillips was the guy behind him, and they end up cutting him. So the swing tackle's down Matt Parrott, who had a rough preseason, and I don't know how you could feel very comfortable with where they stand right now at – uh, you know, their backup offensive line. The offensive line in general is a little bit on the shaky side. And then on defense, Darian Beaver started the summer competing for a starting inside linebacker job, and now he's not even on the 53-man roster. Mm. Wow. I'll say this. Um, Sills, I was a little surprised based on what I saw from him, especially in the game against the Jets. I mean, <laughs> He not only played offense, but he played special teams. I thought, you know what? Hey, listen, you play special teams. That might be a way on. Is this a situation where kind of like what the Jets are doing with their punter, there's a way for them to massage him and bring him back or have a chance nah. to bring him back on there? He's done. Nah, he's actually not. I mean, he might be back on the practice club, but he's not like a big special teams guy. Gotcha. Uh, like, so, yeah, like he was running in special teams in that game, but like when they practice, he's not. He doesn't run with the first team special teams. So, you know, that kind of limits him. And uh, we also, I think we, they saw last year with David Sills is he got an opportunity to get in the game, started games last year, uh, and was pretty much mostly a non-factor in those games. It's, he reminds me of, like, the quad A guy, you know, like you say in mm. baseball. Mm-hmm. Like where he, you know, he, he's too good for, like, the second and third team, but he's not quite good enough for the first team. I think that's kind of the David Sills situation. 
And they upgraded that position this offseason, and so there was a numbers crunch. Jamison Crowder, who's like a real player in this league, did not make it. Yeah. Cole Beasley's the one who they who didn't make it. Originally, he's going to be back with the, some sort of roster gymnastic stuff. He's the one that's going to end up coming back in some way, shape, or form. So, isn't it amazing about him, Jordan? No matter where he is, he's a guy. It's third down. You can find him. He's not like he's always open like Travis Kelsey on big plays, but it seems like on third down on plays that you have to have. Cole Beasley, when he's with the Bills, when he's with Dallas, he always seems to find – he sits in the zone, finds that soft spot in the zone, and kills you. It's third and 14. He finds 15 or 16. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's his role. That's, that, I think, is what the Giants are probably going to use him for. He's going to be like a third-down receiver because he's not a big special teams guy either, right? He's a veteran that they know can win, right, with his shiftiness, with his way he runs routes. Uh, he knows the Dayball. He's super close to Brian Dayball, right? That's Brian Dayball's guy. Mm-hmm. To the point where last last year when the Giants needed wide receivers, Dayball was calling and texting him nonstop trying to get him to come play. It didn't work out timing-wise. Uh, at one point, Beasley thought he was going to retire, didn't, you know, was going to stay home with the family, changed his mind, came back. So that's why this year – and he told me, actually, the reason he signed earlier because he didn't feel like he was ready to play when he did end up coming back last year and that he wanted to work in the spring with Daniel Jones and get ready for the season. So uh, that's why you have Cole Beasley still going to be a part of this team. He's Brian Dable's guy, man. He, he knows that offense, and Brian Dable trusts him in that offense. Jordan Runon's my guest. Jordan, I got to tell you, when I look at the, the biggest adjustment for me when I look at this team, man, the speed that you have on offense, and then Wondell Robinson is off the pub. I mean – the speed that you have with, and we haven't even seen a lot of Paris Campbell, right? But just, you know, with Slayton, you know, and Shepard, if he can stay healthy and, you know, obviously a Waller, I mean, offensively, we haven't even talked about Saquon in the backs. I mean, this, this looks like an opportunity for, you know, Daniel Jones to put some multi, some to double his numbers substantially. Well, to have more numbers substantially passing touchdowns this year than he's had the past couple of seasons. Yeah. It's, it's funny you say that because I, I said it today on an interview. I was like, people are going to realize Daniel, Daniel Jones plays the same way he did last year, but with the better pieces around him, he'll, it'll look better. They'll be like, oh, he's playing even better, but he actually is playing the same level. It's just the numbers are going to come along with it. Like he just didn't have the pieces last year to do it. Think about some of the guys that have started games. That, these are These are – Guys that started against from last year. Marcus Johnson, David Sills, Kenny Galladay, um, Richie James, right? All these guys started against them. They're no longer even on the roster, Larry. They mm. cleaned it out, and they have guys that are, they, that are proven that can be successful in this league, right? Darius Slayton. Paris Campbell's a guy who had seven, 800 yards receiving last year, has great speed. And it, there's the thought that he could do even more because his thing was – can he stay healthy? Which is still the question with him, with Waller, with Shepard. But at least you have the depth there. And I think it's just going to look a lot better. And like you said, we haven't even talked about Saquon. It's amazing if you think back to even the day before training camp started to where we are now. The fact that Saquon has become such a non-story <laughs> is just incredible. 
It is. To the point that when he says the Giants know how I feel about him, it's like, oh, wait a minute. I forgot about Saquon. <laughs> he, he's still he's still a little upset. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, but look, he's just come, done his job. He wants to get to the season. He wants to prove everybody that would would show everyone out there what he's worth. And that look, if that's his motivation, so be it. Right? Yep. I mean he always wants to win. He's literally the most competitive guy you'll ever see. Like, you know, he'll compete throwing his gum in the garbage can, you know, with Sterling Shepard or those guys that are next to him in the locker. Like, the dude will literally compete at anything. Like, you know, who's uh, who could take the biggest uh, step? You know, I mean, you name it, he'll, he'll compete. Uh, that's great. That That's that's great. Do one, one thing that jumped out at me a couple of weeks ago, Jordan, uh, I think it was the Carolina game. Jalen Hyatt drops a pass. They come right back to him. And he makes the catch. And I think for me, in, in preseason especially, shows the confidence that they have in him. But it shows, you know, that he's he's got some moxie. He's like, okay, I missed the pass. But it's so hard for, for young players to put the play away from him, to get rid of the play and come back. That showed me a lot just on that one play. How's he looked in camp? Yeah, you know what? I, that is something I've noticed about Jalen Hyatt. Like, he... He, he's going to need to get stronger, okay? Like, I mean, you look at him, he's skinny. He obviously has that great speed. You don't want him to get banged at the line of scrimmage. And, look, he's a young receiver, so that's something he's obviously going to have to work on. But what I do see and that I've liked is you see he doesn't play weak. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not and, – and that's like half the battle, right? He'll get stronger, but he'll go and compete for balls. He'll play tough. He'll go up and try and catch balls over defenders and make tough catches. And that's a big deal, right? If guys don't have that, that's not something you could teach, right? Guys that are just going to play soft. Like, if you play soft, you're always going to play soft. That's the mm-hmm. thing. That's who you are. You don't see that with him, and I think that's kind of what you're talking about there is he dropped the ball, and then he was, you know, he came back and was able to kind of fight back. Obviously, in this case, it's mentally and say, you know, come back and say, oh, next play and go and do it. So I think that's a, that's a big deal uh, for Jalen Hyde. I think that's why, part of why he has a bright future. Obviously, that speed is special um, when you see that. I mean, he just glides past defenders. He did it to Sauce Gardner on one play. I know he didn't get the didn't, didn't get the catch, so the ball ended up being thrown out of bounds. But, like, if you're able to get open against Sauce Gardner, he's going to be able to get open against a lot of cornerbacks in this league. All right, that, that's a nice transition, Jordan. Now, you've done some some talk on the network, so you know how we do this. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball there since you made that transition for me. I think okay. the acquisition of Simmons, Isaiah Simmons, uh, from the safety. I know he played safety with Arizona, but him and uh, Thibodeau pressuring the passer in what uh, you know Wink Martindale loves to do with his you know lab techniques that he goes in there and comes up with different schemes. I think it really helps the Giants' uh, pass rush to help support that pass rush and defensive front. They're going to be tough. Yeah, I hope it'll probably be a sub-package player. That's how I view it. Uh, but you also, we also have to be realistic, okay? And I think he can help the team, and he'll be used as like a better version of like what Tony Jefferson and Landon Collins did last year, mm. right? And, and they're like sort of like a sub-package linebacker, but he's a lot more athletic. Uh, at this stage of his career than those than those guys were. Uh-huh. But we also have to be realistic. Like, how much, like, what kind of player are we really talking about here? The league, like, nobody was willing to offer a six-round pick for him, Larry, right? He went for yep. a seventh-round pick. 
So the league has kind of spoken kind of like what they think of him as a player. Maybe the Giants do get lucky and catch lightning in a bottle. But I think more than likely we're looking at a guy who's probably going to be a sub-package player, can help occasionally as a blitzer, all use all over the field in different spots. You know, let's say he gets four, he's a four-sack guy. Like that, that I think would be a good contribution for Isaiah Simmons. But uh, for a seventh-round pick, awesome. it's certainly a risk that that worth worth taking, right? Absolutely. Like, why not? Absolutely. Why not? <laughs> Definitely. Jordan, what's the biggest? What's the biggest thing about Daniel Jones this year that you've seen? Because I was reading uh, a couple of articles and Saquon was talking about how he's seen the change. Daniel Jones says he's more vocal and things like that. What's the, what's the biggest thing you've seen? You've covered him since he's been in the league. What's the biggest adjustment you've seen, the biggest thing that jumps out at you in the change for Daniel Jones this, this offseason? I just think he, he looks more decisive than ever, right? Like it's almost like, okay, it seems so simple that it makes sense. He changes his offense every year. His offensive coordinators were switching, right? Every year went from – you know, Shermer's offense to Garrett's offense, you know, Freddie Kitchens was there for a minute. And now he's in this naval offense, which obviously is a smart, very good offense because he's had success with it already in this league table. Uh, and the second year he knows, you know, he knows the offense better. He's more confident in what he's supposed to do. You see him at the line of scrimmage, making more changes, being more vocal. And you see his more of his personality, I think, with his teammates like they always said you saw that they saw that behind the scenes but i think you're seeing a much more mature player year five like he's like a veteran now he's not a young a young quiet guy anymore mm. so i think that's kind of what we're seeing and, and it's showing on the field you see that with him on the field you see a guy who is the leader on the field That's a good thing. That's what you need from your quarterback, your franchise guy. Last thing, Jordan, and once again, thanks for a couple yeah. minutes, my friend. Um, you have said this Dallas game is very important for the Giants. Oh, what, yeah. do, what do you see, what do they have to do, in your estimation, from what you've seen, to make sure they can win this game, a Sunday night game? You know, I had Willie Colon on talking about how the Jets have to win against Buffalo. You don't get the first chance to don't get the, don't get the second chance to make a first impression. Dallas, yeah. Dallas has been a pain in the Giants' butt over these past couple of years. What do they have to do to win this first game, Jordan? Yeah, and I'll get I'll get to the reason in a second because it's been the same thing over and over again for years, right? But Willie Colon is right when what he says about the Jets also applies to the Giants. The Cowboys and the Eagles, too, have whooped on them on the last few years, right? If you can't win your home opener at home in primetime against these teams, what is going to give anybody confidence that they can beat those teams moving forward, right? Think yeah. about it. Like yeah. that, This is the prime spot for you to be able to beat one of those teams. And if you can't do it here, it, you know, it's not going to look great to their prospects moving forward. And – the one thing that really is going to determine, okay, how good can the Giants be? Giants be? Can they win this game? Can they get over that hump? Can they stop the Cowboys and hold applies to the Eagles too from just wrecking them, wrecking their offensive line and giving the quarterback no chance? Mm. Right, Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, that pass rush. If the Gi like, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm taking Micah Parsons. And I'm lining him up over Evan Neal every single play. And I'm going to say, all right, 
let's see if Evan Neal has really made big strides because he's a weak link on He was a weak link last year at right tackle. Um, let's see if you can handle, you know, Micah Parsons consistently. And if he can, and if there's constant pressure on Daniel Jones, I don't care how good Mike Kafka and uh, Brian Dable's scheme is. The Giants are not going to be able to function offensively the way they want to. That still remains the big concern with the Giants to me is the, the offensive line. The interior of the offensive line and right tackle are all question marks still. So can they handle that Cowboys? They'll have to handle that Cowboys defensive front, Micah Parsons and company. If they can do that, you'll see the new weapons. Daniel Jones will look good. He'll be able to use his legs. He'll be able to throw the ball down the field. And the Giants will have a really good season there. Well, we'll be listening to you on the, on the app, on the ESPN New York app. We're breaking Big Blue and, of course, following you on ESPN.com. Thanks, for, thanks again for a couple of minutes, Jordan. We'll talk soon. You got it, Larry. Anytime. Have a great day. All right. You too, my friend. We'll get your thoughts on what Jordan had to say about the New York football Giants next on 98.7 ESPN. Have your- the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Uncle. What's going on, big bro? Everything is good, man. What's happening? Yeah, you know, when you were talking to Jordan, I'm not a Giants fan. I, you know, I'll just say this much about the Giants real quick before I get to the Jets. Mm-hmm. You know, when you guys were talking about Simmons, I was surprised he didn't bring up the acquisition of Boogie Basham. That was another great move on their part. That guy is, a, is, is, a, is an excellent pass rusher. And you can see that Dayball and Shane, they still have good open like communication with the Bills. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was a big move for them, man. You know, well, look at the Giants as a whole. Just between you know Shane and Gable, they they look very buttoned up. Yeah, very similar do. to way a Corsi and Coughlin used to look. You know yep. what I mean? Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so you know, I, I think they'll win ten games if they're off injured guys stay healthy. Yeah. Now let's get to the Jets. You know, which is really my concern. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you've had some realistic talk. You've had some unrealistic talk. There's been a lot of bravado. And it's all been nice. You know what it's all been, though? The, the common thread has been? It's been talk. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've been over the preseason for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, the proper circumstance is all good. You know, I, I'm ready to get to the game. Yes, and we when are. we talk about getting <laughs> to the game, we're going to see what's what. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, whoever's right and whatever their assessments are, pre preseason prognostications and all, you're going to see – Early this year, and when I say early, I'm talking about this first game right here. Mm-hmm. You're going to see what's what. What will be unacceptable for me, first of all, is for them to lose this game at home, 9-11, and all the things that go along with that. That's yeah. unacceptable to me. I'm sorry. I don't care about building. You know, we've been building and building for forever. You have to win this game. It is a must-win game. That's number one. Mm-hmm. You know, unacceptable also will be a constantly collapsing pocket, seeing a 39-year-old guy, you know, having to move out of the pocket very often. Also, what will be unacceptable to me is not pushing that line of, of scrimmage forward and getting his run game going. Dalvin Cook did not get cleared for practice for um, practice for this Thursday or whatever for no reason. He will be in the game, and he will be starting. I think his torn labrum is good. So, you know, like you said before, not only in the season will there be adversity, there will be adversity at some point in this game. Yep. And how they respond to that adversity is going to tell me a lot about how the season goes. Now, we've spoke about the coaching staff. Obviously, you know, and the head coach specifically need to see how he responds to adversity. 
Need to see how he makes adjustments. Also, what I'm interested in watching is, and I've really been appreciative of the way Aaron Rodgers has carried himself here, something that I was a little skeptical about. Mm-hmm. But like you said, there are going to be some difficult times. And, you know, the most important guys that are going to be involved with Rodgers are going to be Lazard and Cobb. Lazard more so on the field than Cobb, because I think Cobb at this point is more of just like a cheerleader and, you know, an assistant coach. But what Rodgers is going to have to do, and it's going to be a delicate balance, because it's going to happen. None of these guys have all played together. Hardman, him and Wilson have a good connection, tight ends, all these different guys. There are going to be times when routes are not run the right way. There are going to be times when blocks and blitz picks up are not going to be done the right way. And how he handles it, but also in unison, how the players who might have messed up handle it are going to be very crucial for the growth and the health and well-being of this team because, listen, it takes two to tango. Yep. And I know Rodgers was very upset about them drafting Jordan Love and all that. He was acting like a first-class you-know-what for mm-hmm. those last couple of years. And the way he was treating Watkins and the other guy Dobbs, I hope he learned a little something from that as well. You can't, like Willie Colon was saying, with these new generation of guys, you can't get all up in them all of the time and put them on front street. And on, on the other side of it, those guys need to be able to take that criticism, move forward, do like what Ro- Jordan was talking about with the, with the guy um, Wyatt. He dropped Hyatt, the yeah. first pass like you mm-hmm. talk about, but then he came back and he played better. This is a must-win game. I don't want to hear the excuses. I don't want to hear they looked better at this. They did better at this. Go out there and kick the Buffalo Bills' ass on your first game of the season. That's what I need. Let's go. It's a statement game, Buddha. Thanks for the phone call. He's alluding to uh, what Willie Colon said to us earlier. He's right. It's a statement game. You have to win this game. You have to win this game. It's a Monday night game on 9-11. Got to win it. Eliezer in New York. How did I do, Eliezer? Am I close? Yeah, you're good. How's it going? All right, thank you. What's happening? Um, I'm a huge Jeff fan. And okay. uh, last year we got that incredible rookie, Bam Knight. He gave us a spark, mm-hmm. especially in the Bills game yeah. um, at Buffalo. Uh, do you think – I think it was a mistake dropping him. Uh, uh, do you think it was a big mistake, you know, getting rid of him that quick and easy? Well, it's it's a number situation, my friend. As you know, thanks for the phone call. Um, you know, you got a bunch of running backs now, and he's not, he's not going to get the run. So, if anything, what you're doing is you're letting him go, and if he can find a way to get to another team, maybe he can help another team. But I know he was really good over a short amount of time. He did show you something. But you've got guys under contract, right? And, you know, I think uh, Anaconda – has shown them that he's got some spunk to him. And, you know, so I think they're going to, you know, he's hurt, so you'll probably start on, you know, the pup. And, you you know, you've got Cook, you've got Carter, you've got uh, Hall, so you've got, you know, you've got running back. So you, you, you're you deep enough at the running back position. I know what you said about Knight. He was good. He gave you a lot of run the past couple of, you know, a couple of games that he was able to get in when Brees Hall got hurt last year. But really, this is a situation where Michael Carter's got to step up. And, you know, Michael Carter's going to be that depth guy back there. He's going to be the one that has to show what he can do. Now, 
I thought he took a step back last year. I really felt that he would, when Hall went down, I thought that was his opportunity to kind of regain himself and show what he could do. He did not take advantage of that opportunity. He did not. So he has, with whatever carries he gets this year, he's got to show what he can do. But as Buddha mentioned, predominantly, this is Cook early, Hall late. And Carter will come in and, you know, and spell them and they'll give different looks and stuff like that. But that's the way they're looking. Okay. And and you understand it. They did not go out and sign Brees Hall, um, sign Dalvin Cook for him to not get a lot of not get a lot of, uh, of of snaps. He's going to get a ton of snaps with this team, especially early. And you know what? Until until you are either more confident or ready to see that this offensive line is settling down or coming to gain some chemistry together, uh, the balance of the run game and what the running back can do, either in the slot or uh, as a safety valve or check down to, you know, evade the rush is going to be important. It's going to be important until you, until this line builds some camaraderie and chemistry together. We'll continue the conversation next on 9870 ESPN. The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Ronnie's in Tom's River. What's up, Ronnie? How are you? I'm good, Ronnie. What's up? Oh, no, really fast. In the grand scheme of things, this is really not that important for the Giants, but I thought it was just interesting. I wanted your take on this. Uh, The captains for the Giants came out, and Mm -hmm. every single year I look at it, and and I question, I'm like, how is Sterling Shepard not a captain? And he's he should be, in my opinion, I think he should be a captain. He is the antithesis of like what a giant should be. He's always around, injured. He's always the hype man, and he's the oldest per, per player on that team. Mm-hmm. And you see players like Darren Waller and Bobby Okereke, first year people getting the captain nod. I just wanted to know your thoughts. I thought it was kind of like I was kind of taken back. I'm like, wow, like you know how he's healthy for the first time. You know he's going to mm-hmm. be on the 53 man roster. Yep. And I was just always interesting. So I just want to know your take on that. Thank I hear you. you, Ronnie. Thanks for the phone call. I'm not really sure. Um, I thought he might have, should have been a captain a couple of years ago. I don't know what the thought process was or who decided it or whatever happened in that giant, uh, in that giant locker room. But, you know, listen, he's been the guy that has, you love about him is a lot of players will tell you it is very hard to think you're part of a team when you're injured. Okay. And he's, as you mentioned, Ronnie, he's been a guy that has always been around. He's been the guy that's worked with the young players. He's been the guy that's been there on the sidelines. I don't know whatever the, the situation is, but, you know, the, he just wasn't the captain. So maybe he'll be, uh, you know, maybe it'll just fuel him to, you know, continue to do what he does unofficially as as maybe not a captain, but still doing what he does and go out there and field. The most important thing for him this year, though, Ronnie, and you'll agree as a Giant fan, Stay healthy, my friend. Be on the field. Be available. You know, him in the slot, I think, even though, and I'm not sure, you know, will he be able to get separation the way he's been previously, but him in the slot, you know, he's a guy that's been, uh, you know, he's a guy that when he's healthy, he's made an impact on that team. Mike's in Jersey. What's up, Mike? What's up, Larry? How you doing? Great, man. What's happening? Uh, I want to say I think the Giants win the division this year for a couple of reasons. I think uh, I think Philly takes a little bit of a step back, both with injuries and the loss of both coordinators is going to be huge for them. 
plus losing all those players on defense. And I just think McCarthy calling the plays, it's the biggest mistake Jerry Jones has made in a while. That's how he lost his job in Green Bay as soon as he took over. What well, do you I'll think? Say, I'll say this, Mike, and thanks for the phone call. I'm not, I hear what you're saying about Dallas. Uh, I'm not ready to take the division title away from Philly yet. I got to see them. I got to see how the losses that you talked about affect them. They probably, they will at some point in some form or fashion, I'm sure. And yes, there's that possibility of a hangover from a team that got to the Super Bowl and didn't win. So we know about that. But once again, I think Jordan Runon said it right. I got to see the Giants beat them first. I got to see the Giants beat Philly. I got to see the Giants beat Dallas. Okay, before I'm ready to give them the division. Until they can do that, I'm not ready to do that. I think they'll be better. I think offensively, they have the possibilities of scoring more points. But once again, uh, you hear what Jordan had to say. You know, if if Evan Neal or whatever they have to do to give Evan Neal help on that side, if he's unable to hold up his side on that right tackle spot, it's going to negate what some of the things that the Giants are going to want to do. So, once again, for me, I think they'll I think they'll make the playoffs, but winning the division, I'm not ready to go there yet, my friend. We'll continue the conversation with more of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> and the and the Rangers pitching staff hold the Mets to one run. I mean, Andrew Heaney, who when he's with the Yankees, balls are still flying over the city, and he just shut them down. Uh, it was interesting also to see uh, Aroldis Chapman. Try to do a little something with his motion, pick a little pause, a little adjustment. But Viento still takes him deep. So he's still got that home run situation because yeah, it's crazy. Because when you think about it, Harvey Chantel, when he was coming up with the Cubs and with Cincinnati and, and with the Cubs, he was we weren't we didn't recognize people throwing 101 miles an hour. That was like huge. It's like he throws 101 miles an hour. <gasps> 101 miles an hour. Oh my God. Now it's like Everybody throws 101 miles an hour. Not everybody, but you know what I mean. It's not as rare as it used to be. So, you know, he's, you know, he's he's lost something off the fastball, and so, you know, he's become very hittable. Uh, but, you know, Todd will talk about them. He'll also talk about his Yankees getting back-to-back wins. Woo! First time since the, the, the beginning of the month. And, of course, as a Jet fan who have some thoughts about the Jets and everything else, so Ty will take care of you up until midnight here on 98.7 ESPN. I will say this. I hope, and Richard from Manhattan, when he called and said the fact that the baseball teams are struggling really puts more of an emphasis on football. I really hope that both teams get off to a fast start. I really do. And I realize that both of them have really tough schedules early. I do. I get it. But the key thing is, for both of them, they have improved. Now, does it mean that they're not going to lose any games? Of course not. They've improved. But these are, this first week, schedule makers really did them no favors. They put them, But it's, it's, show, it's show and tell time. Because they put them against division rivals whom they've had trouble with. The Giants and Cowboys have been well-documented. And Jordan Runon talked about it when he was on with us earlier this hour. It's been a struggle for the Giants. Not just to beat the Cowboys and Eagles, but to not be run over by them. And even though, and it's been the same with the Jets and Bills, with the exception of last year when the Jets were able to beat them once 
and should have beaten them a second time. But for both these teams, these starts are huge. It's Sunday night football, Giants in Dallas at MetLife. It's Monday night football, 9-11, Jets and Bills, MetLife. And so, as Buddha mentioned, we're going to find out a lot about these teams early. And more so Salah than Dable because you just look, because first of all, Dable's got more experience. And he just seems to be more of a buttoned up guy. But once again, I say it over and over and over about Robert Sala. He and his staff really, and you love what you hear from him. We got nothing. We have, we've done nothing yet. We have so much to prove. We got to go out there. We have to be buttoned up. We have to do all this stuff. He is speaking the right language. I'm not trying to hear about receipts. I'm not trying to hear about anything else. All I want to hear from him is about making sure that he keeps his team focused and they are prepared and ready to play. That's his job. That's what he's got to do. Because otherwise, it's going to be, (laughs) it could be a tough year for this team. Because they've got the pedigree, as far as the pedigree of talent with the quarterback who knows how to perform, who knows how to make the throws, who knows how to read the defenses, who, as I mentioned, is coming off a year where he was injured, didn't perform well, uh, was ready to leave, wanted to be away from, wanted to leave Green Bay. This was a year for him that was a nightmare. Didn't make the postseason. He's got something to prove. And so for the Jets, that's the type of player you want. You want a guy who's got something to prove. And they all do. So once again, we'll find out when the season's over. It'll be interesting to see how it comes out. But just for conversation, and that's all this is. We, we, listen, believe me, we're all past the pre, the preseason. We're all we're all past uh, training camp. We're all past that. We are zooming to the beginning of the football season. Okay, zooming, <laughs> trying to get there, which begins next Thursday night. Zooming for meaningful football. That's what we're looking for. So we're just, we're just trying to get through it, trying to make it, trying to make it. But I'll say this again, and we'll see how the season turns out. But for, yes, it speaks to the situation that the Jets are in, offensive line and right tackle. But really, for Makai Becton to resurrect what he's been able to do, and we'll see if he's available, and we'll see how he plays, and we'll check him out game by game, and you know, stat by stat and all the stuff. We'll be checking them out. We'll be seeing what's going on. We'll, you know, break it down over and over and over again. But just the fact of him coming back and being available and being instilled as the right tackle, he's worked his butt off. And we've criticized him when he wasn't working his butt off. And we criticized him for not being available. We criticized him for not taking it seriously or does he take it seriously or what's going on with him. 
We've criticized that young man a lot. And in a lot of cases, deservedly so. But you got to give him credit for fighting back and realizing, you know what, I really do want to play football. I really do love this game. I really want to be out there. I'm going to put my best foot forward and block, and let's see what happens. And that's all you can do. So we'll watch him, and we'll see how this Jet team goes and how they move forward and what they'll do during the season as we were with the Giants. If everything goes well, we should have exciting football action in this town for both local teams. And, uh, you know, it was it was that way for a couple of weeks last season. But hopefully it'll be a little better. We'll see what other moves both teams make because you will still tweak your roster a little bit. Yes, we understand that it's the 53-man and this is what it is right now, but you'll be able to do some tweaks. And for those of you who just tuned in, yes, I know that the Jets cut their punter, but it's okay. They're not cutting him officially. He's doing some waiver balancing and – you know, some roster balancing, and he'll be back. I mean, Morstead's been fabulous. I mean, come on. <laughs> they haven't worried about this. This special teams for the Jets, I mean, listen, Graham Gano is Mr. Automatic. We don't even think about We even worry about the Giants and, and field goal kicking because Graham Gano's been outstanding. He's just pfft, over and over and over again. That's all he does. Just go out there, kick the How far is it? 58? No problem. I got it. How far is it? 52? Psh, no problem. I got it. All right. So that's been, that's what Graham Gano does. So we're familiar with him. But for the Jets to be in this position where they've got a punter and a field goal kicker who has been without issue has been fabulous for them. It's a rarity. Doesn't happen a lot. Has not happened. We've talked a lot about special teams with the Jets. And so that's the other thing that you're really looking for. And I'm curious to see, you know, the returns, how they set them up. What's going to be the way to roll there? How are they going to get field position? What are they going to do is when that's in that situation? Because, you know, it's the little things that you want to see from this team. It's the little things that's going to make them a difference. It's the little things that hopefully will get them over the hump and get them to, you know, play, Winning football during the regular season. And if everything goes well, make a deep playoff run. And the same thing with the Giants. And once again, I believe they will make the postseason. I think they have enough talent offensively. I think they'll be able to score the football more. I think their defense will be good enough for them to win some games. And we understand that both teams have a – a you know, difficult season, difficult schedule to start off. But like I said earlier with the Jets, you're playing the big boys. You're playing playoff teams. That's what you want. You want to be measured by the best. That's how you realize and figure out how good you really are. That's how you want to be measured by. That's how you want to figure out. That's how you want to show where you belong is by playing against the best teams, the teams that, you know, you can see this is this measures where we are. This measures how good we are. This measures where we are as a franchise. This measures just how good this talent really is. It measures how good our execution is and our chemistry and our abilities to go out and win games and to take advantage of other people's mistakes and to not make as many mistakes as we've made previously. 
I'm looking forward to the football season, ladies and gentlemen. I really am. That wraps up this edition of ESPN New York tonight. Hardesty and Fagrasa, I'll return tomorrow night. Gordon Damer will rejoin me. We'll be here from 7 to 10. Special thanks to Willie Colon and to Jordan Ronan for joining me this evening. Up next, he's ready to talk. He's ready to go. Big Daddy Ty Butler. Harvey, Chantel, thanks very much. We'll see you tomorrow night following The Michael K Show with Don LaGreca and Dan Grasso here on 98.7 ESPN New York.